<clears throat> okay, wonderful. Just before um, we move on, Alex has done a fantastic job of hosting this morning and giving thanks to the kids and the tots and the youth uh, who took part. But I just want to um, single out a couple of people who put a lot of effort in uh, to making uh, today happen. So a real, in a moment when I've said these people's names, we give them a round of applause. Uh, so we want to thank Katrina and the kids and the top team, sorry, who, who put together their tops. Katrina, thank you. Katrina and Alex actually wrote that song. They wrote that song. So um, that was a little original Pope Church top song. So um, massive well done and thank you to Katrina and Alex and all the other uh, tops workers, massive thank you. Give a round of applause to Lily and Fran and Jenny and all the uh, kids club teams. Fantastic. All good? Yep. And then also Tom and the youth and all the youth work team. So give those guys a round of applause. Thank you for making today happen and thank you for your hard work over the last few weeks. Okay, now I'm hoping my voice is going to hang, hang in there and hold out uh, for the next kind of 15 minutes. Kids, uh, you're in today and I'm going to need your help at different points in this message. So stay alert and stay with me. Okay, so uh, I wonder what is the, the favorite gift that you've ever received for Christmas? I wonder what's the favorite gift. I'll go back to my childhood and when I was in my teenage years, me and my brother received, now this is old school for some of you, this is going to blow some of your minds, but we received an Amstrad 64, okay, in three parts, a massive monitor this big, a keyboard that big, and then a massive kind of unit, which was the computer that big, and our parents had hidden it around the house. And we got little clues, and we had to try and find out where it was. And uh, the, the monitor was in the washing machine. Uh, it wasn't switched on or anything, don't worry. And, uh, you know, something else was upstairs in one of the back bedrooms, wardrobe, and I can't remember where it was. But so I, my, one of my best memories of one of the best Christmas gifts I ever received was the Amstrad 64. I mean, you guys won't understand what one of them is, but with laptops and phones and everything. But back in the day, it was a great computer uh, to receive. So have a think for a minute about gifts. Have a think for a minute about what your favorite gift that you ever received at Christmas was. And with that in mind, I want to look at the gifts that the Magi, the wise men, gave to Jesus. Now, you might think... What gifts would you give to a baby? Anyone, what gifts would you give to a baby? What gifts would you give to a baby? Yeah. A little toy, a soft toy. That'd be a great thing to give to a baby, wouldn't it? Uh, you might want to give them a blanket. You might want to give them a dummy. You might want to give them a onesie. You might want to give them one of those things that makes that white noise. I don't know, you know. So you give them a gift. You give specific gifts for a baby. But the wise men, the magi, gave three very unusual gifts to the baby Jesus. So just for a moment, I want you to picture the scene. You've got the, the, the manger, Jesus lying in the manger. You've got the shepherds. You've got the farm animals. And then the magi turn up in their robes and they bow down and they give three gifts. Let's just read two verses from Matthew's gospel, chapter 2. And verses 10 to 11. 
when they, that's the Magi, the wise men, saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped Jesus. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And what we're going to do over the next 10 minutes is we're going to look at the three gifts and what they mean and why these three strange gifts were given to baby Jesus. So let's start firstly with the gift of frankincense. Now frankincense really is, give me a little spray of this, um, get the right way, so spray in my face, there you go. of the glory of God. So I want you to think, on this set of steps, okay, if you were to stand on the top, okay, you reach perfection. If you stand on the top, you've done nothing wrong. Okay, can you, just more to come and stand on that rung there. Okay, not the top one, but that one there. Okay, next one, and stop. Fantastic. Okay, can you stand on this one here for me? Can you go on to stand for this one here? That's it. And hold there. Fantastic. Because I can you just stand there on the floor. All right. Good stuff. All right. So what we have here is I want to illustrate to you sin and what the Bible says about all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, perfection in our lives, doing nothing wrong, that's getting here to the top. Nothing wrong. But whether you're one rung down or 55 rungs down, or you're so far down, you've done so many things wrong, you're so far from the top. The point is, whether you're here, here, or here, you've sinned. You've fallen short of the glory of God. You've not made it to perfection. Just hold there for a second, guys. Now, in the Old Testament, before Jesus, the Jewish people had a day called the Day of Atonement. And once a year, the priests would bring two perfect spotless goats. And these goats would represent the sin, the falling short of God's people. And one of the goats, the priest would pray upon it, and it was taken out of the camp. That was called the scapegoat. 
it meant that their sin was taken away as far as the east is from the west. That was the scapegoat. The second goat was killed as a sacrifice, a sacrifice for all of the sin and the falling short that God's people had done. And when that sheep, that goat was killed, do you know what they did in the temple? They burned frankincense. They burned frankincense in the temple when that goat was killed. So when that goat was killed on behalf of a falling short, on behalf of the sin of God's people, on behalf of all the Israelites, the good ones, the okay ones, and the bad ones, that goat was killed as a sacrifice for the people's sins, and the frankincense was burned in the temple. Girls, thank you so much. Can you get down and thank, give them a round of applause? Wonderful assistance. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Now look at the scripture that I'm going to put up. Hebrews 10, verses 10 to 12. Let me read this for you. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, that's what I was just talking about, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, that's Jesus, was offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. You see, the frankincense gift, the gift of frankincense was a prophetic foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do. It was a gift that the wise men gave to the baby Jesus, that he would be the once and for all sacrifice. So when you think frankincense, I want you to think, well, you can boldly approach God. You can boldly approach him. Your sins are washed away. You are right with God. You don't need to be worried. You don't need to be scared. Whether you feel like you're close to God, whether you've messed up and had a terrible day and you're far from God, frankincense shows you that you do not need to worry because you can boldly approach God through Jesus Christ. So that's the first gift that the wise men gave, the gift of frankincense. The second gift was the gift of myrrh. Now, myrrh is, is a very valuable kind of like lard-like substance. And in the Bible, it's used in a number of places. In one time when Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says that there was myrrh mixed with wine that was put on a sponge and was given to Jesus when he was being crucified on the cross. But most commonly, myrrh is used to embalm a dead body. It's, it's used to kind of put spices and, and to stop the body rotting. So back then, when, when people died, when, when people uh, came to the end of their life, lovingly friends, family would come around, get some myrrh, and they would cover the body with that myrrh. And depending on how rich you were, you would have a really sweet-smelling, rich myrrh. If you were poorer, you would have a less kind of expensive, rich myrrh. But that's what you would do. You would take myrrh and cover the dead body. You think, well, what a strange gift to give to a child. What a strange gift to give to a baby. Again, though, it was a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do. 
Let's look at Isaiah 53, verses 6 to 7. For all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Again, those verses talk about us being like sheep. We've messed up. We've gone far from God. We've gone our own way. We've done our own thing. But our wrongdoing is laid upon Jesus Christ. He died for you. Jesus Christ was one who was arrested and falsely accused. He was stripped naked. He was put a crown of thorns on his head. He was whipped. He carried a cross. There was nails in his wrist and in his feet. And he died on that cross in our place. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3, 16. Do you know what separates Christianity amongst many things from the other world faiths, from Islam and Buddhism and Sikhism? It's that God sent his own son to suffer and to die in our place and three days later to rise again. God loves you so much. He sent Jesus as a baby born of Mary at Christmas that we celebrate to then 33 years later die on the cross in our place. The gift of myrrh was a foreshadowing that the baby Jesus would die, that the beautiful scene of the nativity would end in the scene of the crucifixion on Good Friday. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, so frankincense and myrrh. And then the other gift that the wise men gave was the gift of gold. This is the best I could do. Slightly battered bowl, but it looks quite goldish. Okay, we're going to play a little game for the next kind of moment or so. I want you to name that king. All right, name that king. And if you get it right, you'll get one of these Haribos. So are you ready? So name that king. Simba. Lion King. See, Lion King, you got it. Okay. Right, next one. Next one. Gorilla. King Kong. Careful, careful. I don't want to knock anyone out. Okay, very good. So we've done Simba, Lion King, Gorilla, King Kong. All right, this one's easy. This one's easy. Burger. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, this one's a bit more difficult. Maybe it's this one for the adults a bit more. All right, so the writer of horror books. <laughs> good kick, good catch, good catch, good catch. Okay, okay, all right. Nice. The, the, the cameraman just appeared very, 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 very fortuitously just there at that point. At that point. Okay, um, what about the blues? The blues, as in music, the music. No. The blues. Who's a famous blues musician? Ah, oh, that's one of my. No, no, no. He, he's one, another one in a minute. You're too ahead of it. But what about blues? The blues. BB. Yes. 
Oh, sorry, Regina, pass it back. Okay, BB King. Okay, the blues, BB King. All right, all right, about this one. Again, maybe some of the adults, maybe not so good for the young people for this one, but we'll go with it. Think King. Okay, female tennis player. Say again. Not Serena Williams, no. Billy Jean King. Yes, thank you. Regina, well done. Well done, well done, well done. All right. The one that someone said a minute ago, Jazz. Jazz. Nat King Cole. There you go. Sorry, that's for um, Naomi. Well done. All right. Last one. Last one. Okay. Kanye West's last album. What was it called? Jesus is King. Yeah. Jesus is King. That was Kanye West's last album. Okay. It's called Jesus is King. All right, we'll stop there. So, the wise men brought gold. They brought gold, okay, to the king, to King Jesus. But Jesus was a king like no other. Let me just read 1 Timothy 6 and verse 15. This is what it says. Just at the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and almighty God the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You see, the entire authority in the cosmos is held in the hands of King Jesus. He is a king like no other. But this king messed with everybody's head because this king was not born in a palace surrounded by wealth and luxury, surrounded by comfort and surrounded by doting servants. No, no, no. This king was born in poverty, in a manger with farm animals. This king was, was born in the little town of Bethlehem, far from where anyone would have expected. This king, the king of glory, chose uneducated fishermen, tax collectors as his disciples. This king of kings befriended prostitutes. It touched lepers, loved those who were rejected by religion. This was the king that nobody expected. The king that died a criminal's death. The king that when he died, the sky went dark. The king that, that actually had to find a borrowed grave to be put in but a king who three days later rose again. A king who was the king of kings, the Lord of lords, who defeated death and Satan. Jesus was the risen king, the king above all kings. Now there's three responses to King Jesus in the Christmas story. The first response was the response of Herod, King Herod. You see, King Herod opposed King Jesus. King Herod issued a decree to kill all boys under the age of two, that they would all be executed in the Bethlehem and surrounding area. He opposed King Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you oppose Jesus as king. You say, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I oppose anyone who, who tells me how to live my life. That's one reaction to Jesus 
as the king. Herod's reaction. The second reaction that we see in the Christmas story to King Jesus was the reaction of the Jewish priests. The, the Jewish people, the Jewish Sanhedrin, the, the, the Jewish Pharisees and Sadducees. They, they dismissed Jesus as king because he didn't fit into their preconceived ideas. They didn't go and worship him because they didn't think that a baby who would become the king of kings and lord of all lords would be born in the little town of Bethlehem. Some of us may think that we dismiss Jesus as being relevant. He's irrelevant to our lives. We dismiss King Jesus and say, I want my Christmas with gifts and family and good food, but without King Jesus. It's the way that some of us react when we hear that Jesus is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. But the final reaction we have from the wise men was that they bowed down in front of Jesus. That's the highest form of worship, to bow down. The wise men bowed down in surrender and in submission and in reverence. So let me ask you, what, what's your response to King Jesus? Do you oppose him? Do you reject him? Do you dismiss him as being irrelevant? Or this Christmas, will you bow down and worship the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords? There is no one like King Jesus. Can we all stand? Ben, could you come up? I want to pray something over us, and then we're going to sing our final carol. I want to pray a prayer which just declares the glory of King Jesus. And in a dark world and in a dark time that we are living in, I want to declare the truth of the King of glory, the one of whom the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the one of whom we need today more than ever before. So I'm going to pray a prayer about the King of glory. But just before I do that, why don't you just take a moment to either close your eyes. The only reason to do that is it helps you concentrate. There's nothing holy about closing your eyes but sometimes it blocks out distractions. And just for a moment, think about those three gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus. Frankincense, because Jesus was that once and for all sacrifice. No longer the every year sacrifice. No longer the ongoing sacrifices for our sins, whether we'd fallen short by a little bit or by a lot. Jesus, the once and for all sacrifice. Myrrh, because this little baby was going to die in our place. This little baby would take upon us, sorry, would take upon himself the sacrifice and, the, and die for us in our place. And gold for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So let me 